One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Geeks, two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hello, Jason. Hey, Brian. How's the week? It's uh, freezing here, and I'm in the middle of a hurricane again. So if it gets loud and wispy and whooshy, uh, apologies. Okay, I didn't know that, uh, you know, typical hurricanes in Chicago, but sure. <laughs> well, it's like 50 mile an hour winds right now. So. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> It's actually been quite cold in LA this week as well, but uh, you just laugh at what I say. It's cold, um, but I, I, I love I love how we keep starting off with the weather. Like we are a bunch of fucking old men. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, well, we're grumpy old geeks, man. So what's going on in tech with you this week, man? Let's, let's fuck, fuck the weather. Let's just forget. <laughs> fuck about the it. weather. What's going on yeah. in tech with me? Well, uh, a lot of low tech. I mean, I finally have a working bathroom, so so things in the house are finally starting to come along a little bit, which has been fantastic. Uh, but as is. All things in life, life is a seesaw. As the house has gotten better, I have had the worst fucking work week known to man. I hate people. <laughs> oh, this is this is not news. <laughs> this is not news at all. No, it's not news. I mean, I totally we. I have railed again and again on this podcast about how nobody reads and nobody reads on the internet, which is fine. But what if it's your fucking job? What is you need to read the emails if it's your job to read my emails and provide me with information? This is like. Uh, email should be such a beautiful, wonderful thing in theory, uh, assuming people actually use it, which people don't. 99% of my business communication is done via email. And a lot of it involves me making painstakingly crafted emails with bullet point layouts, showcasing specific bits of information that I require in order to do my job for you, my client. And I just need these little bits of information and I've gone out of my way to tell you why and make it as easy as possible. And I wait and I wait. And then I finally get a response. And out of the six things that I said I absolutely 100% positively needed, I will get a response to two of them. Then I have to write back. And about these four other things. And then I wait. And then I'll get a response to one of them. What is wrong with you fucking people? <laughs> How hard is this? <laughs> okay, okay. Calm down, Skippy. Calm down, Skippy. Okay. Uh, first, first question. Do you bill hourly? No. There's your first problem. I know. I start know. billing hourly. I'm gonna start. I gotta switch over some clients to hourly. <laughs> yes, because this is this is obviously not working. Uh, <laughs> there's there's no incentive for them to uh, be be uh, judicious or speedy. You know, whatever. Well, what about um, just common human decency? <laughs> dude, you're you're in LA. You're working the entertainment industry. God damn there's it. no such thing as a human or b decency. Right. You work. You work with a bunch of bottom feeding, scum sucking trolls. You got me there. Uh, so, what are you going to do there? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Anyways, that has been my week in a nutshell, and it's it's been slowly driving me insane. I am so happy that it's actually Friday, which normally doesn't mean much of anything, but for once, I actually don't have any work to do this weekend. Woohoo! Yeah. So, uh, my my little thing that I want to rail about for a second here, because I, I talked about this on a show like maybe twenty five episodes ago. Uh, remember when Chrome started doing desktop notifications? Oh yeah, that was so annoying. Yeah, guess what? They're back. Oh god! It just it just updated while we were doing the show notes for this. I'm like, where are these notifications coming from? Telling me everything's going on with my doohickey here. Um, 
Oh, yeah, you, get, you get the doohickey report, do you? Now I, we're sa- the, now we're sounding like old men. Yeah, so I'm getting. I'm getting well, the you know, if you click on the what's it, the whatchamacallit. <laughs> do you remember those, man? Those were tasty. I miss those. Whatchamacallit bars? I think they still yeah. make them, don't they? I've never. I haven't seen I, the whatchamacallit I, in twenty years. I haven't looked, but now I will. Um, but yeah, my uh, my gizmo, I'm a doohickamajigger, uh, is is popping up telling me you keep editing things, and uh, our soon to be uh, contributor who's coming on in a bit is editing things, and all these windows are popping up, like literally eight row, like eight of them popping up at one time. Huh. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, now I have to go back and listen to our own show to figure out how I did the trick <laughs> to make it go away. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll have to go back and see that too. It must be only on Mac because I'm not. Uh, I just had an update for uh, Chrome for. For a PC and it's not doing it, so yeah, I can't remember who was if it was Mac or PC that you had to actually go in and do like you know some low level uh, dip switch flipping. Um, I'm guessing it was probably the Mac side because yeah, yeah, because it took me forever to figure it out. Okay, I, it, it, by forever I mean two Google searches and uh, three uh, pages of results, but I found it. <laughs> so. <sighs> well, excellent. That's uh, that's well not good news i don't understand why they keep that that should be an optional feature not uh, not set to on because that is annoying if you, if you do any amount of time actually using your browser and doing anything with it you do not want constant notifications i don't like notifications i hate growl whoever yeah. came up with growl needs a needs a cock punch <laughs> and um and osx notifications just drive me batty too there's nothing there's nothing that is important enough to interrupt me i'm sorry unless it's a check from the dude from Publishers Clearinghouse at the door. <laughs> Stay the fuck out of my screen. All right. Money notifications. I could use those as well. Those would be nice. Yeah, you spent some cash this week. You, you, I guess you were Butterfingers? Did you drop drop something? I'd like to blame it on the earthquakes that we've been having here in L.A. What are you, bl- what are you blaming on the earthquakes? <laughs> or, or at least the move. But at some point, I, I picked up my iPad mini in the morning with my coffee, and I, and I flipped open the little cover, and I looked down to see a nice spider's web shatter screen. Oh, you don't even know how it cracked? No idea. Ah. No, no, none whatsoever. I, I don't know what the hell happened to it. I hadn't been drinking <clears> that evening. I don't know. It, it fell at some point uh, or maybe during the move. It had actually been a couple days since I had used the Mini, uh, but I did pick it up, and I was like, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so blame, you know. Blame the wife. I'm blaming the wife and the earthquake or both. Or, or all of them. I don't care. Anyways, it was busted, and uh, this is not something I normally deal with because I am very conscientious of my tech, and I keep very good care of things. Um, and I, I, as such, I don't get the extended Apple Care plans ever because I'm just—I know I'm not going to break it. <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a second. Go ahead, keep talking. Anyway, so I decided to look it up to see uh, what my options were, basically. And obviously, I am one of those people who would prefer to go to Apple since they can probably do things best. One would assume. Uh, Basically, they don't do repair at all. They will uh, send you a refurbished unit and for the lovely price of $220, which is a bit steep for just a cracked screen. And I've got a couple companies that have opened up just in this area here in Santa Monica and Venice. Uh, obviously, it's a booming business because there are two places within three miles of each other that basically just fix screens on phones, on you know, tablets, whatever. And uh, so I figured, well... Let's take a look at this. Let's give it a shot. Uh, good Yelp reviews. A lot of people, no complaints whatsoever with the replaced screens. Uh, looks great. Works perfect. It was 140 bucks total. Completely new screen. They did it, you know, 24-hour turnaround. Well, what would have been 24-hour turnaround? This is the one place that they did fail. They were going to call me when it was done, and they never called. So I picked it up the day after instead of within 24 hours. Uh, great job. I mean, I, I would totally do this again if I ever break another screen rather than go get a, get a replacement from Apple. 
okay, the suspense is killing me. What's the name of the place? Oh, I went with dropsmashfix.com. Nice name. Yeah, like it is, it. <laughs> and they, they've got some really, you know, some nice artwork. Uh, check out their website. Yeah, they're perfectly located right here in Santa Monica. It was, it was I biked down, dropped it off, biked back the next day. Yeah, see, I really couldn't give a, a flying fuck less where they're located because I'm not in Santa Monica. Yes, but I did check. The, I did check the website, and they do take mail-ins. They so. do take mail-ins as well, and they have a couple different locations. Uh, so there's another place around here also, and I think that they're they're also in a bunch of different locations as well called uh, You Break It, I Fix It, or something like that. I can't remember. I didn't go with them. I went drop smash fix. Uh, they did a wonderful job. Small little company, one guy running it, kicked ass. Oh man, you know what? I got a I got an idea. Hmm. How about starting a business that is uh, mobile phone, like not 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 mobile phone, but mobile, <laughs> as in you are mobile yes. with a with a fix it van and yeah. can drive around and just swing over. You're like, oh shit, I just broke my iPad and I need it for a meeting. I'll be right there. Drive up. You come out. You hand it to me. I sit in the back of my truck for 20 minutes. I fix it. I hand it back to you. That is a genius idea. I'm surprised that somebody has not done that yet, particularly in this area. Because you mean, could charge a super premium. You could charge like, a massive premium. I mean, you still got to be under. I'd still want to. You know, I wouldn't pay more than the Apple replacement price, even for an immediate fix. But you could do, you could be probably even out two hundred and twenty bucks instead of one hundred and forty. And all you gotta do is buy a van. Yeah, know how to fix a iPad screen. <laughs> I, well, and that, yeah. I did notice that they also they do sell re- do-it-yourself repair kits, and I figured, well, that can't really be too difficult. So, should this ever happen again, I might give that a shot as a project just to see what it would be like to do it myself. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have actually done that on their their iPhones, mm-hmm. the self-replace, because they like to put it in their back pocket for some unknown reason. Why would you ever put a phone in your back pocket? Because you're uh, stupid. And, and always sit on it. So. And you talk out of your ass. <laughs> hey, these are my friends. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know why they keep sitting on their phones. So they learn to fix it themselves. Right. So. Yeah, so I had a very good experience with that, <laughs> even though, you know, it's it's a horrible feeling when you look down and you see a very expensive piece of equipment is busted. But uh, they did a great job and really quickly. So good stuff. So I got an email right before we started. Um, and I, I, I want to make this brief because we beat this horse to death. But it has been a year <laughs> since, since we have uh, kickstarted Zane Lamprey's uh, new television show. And we finally got notice today that May 6th will be the day that it launches. Yeah, I'd That's actually a year. I put that in our show notes earlier this week before his email literally came out right before we were about to start the show. And I didn't really want to talk about it either. But it, I was in one of those moods where I was really frustrated. And every you know, when you're in that mood, and you just start focusing on every little thing that is way back in the corners of your mind that is frustrating. And you, yes. I, I hadn't thought about Chug for a while. But I was in a pissy mood. And I was like, and what the fuck is up with that stupid Kickstarter I did? <laughs> Especially since he's out and about promoting, you know, his fucking podcast, and all I see on his stream of fucking social stream is just promote things, promote things, promote things, all of which have nothing to do with what I already gave him money for. Yeah, well, you know. It's coming, finally. We will give it a fair review. I really hope I enjoy it. I do too. I mean, granted, we are getting twice the twice the footage that we uh, paid for because it was going to be six thirty minutes. Now it's six hour shows, but or twenty one and forty two, whatever. Well, good, um, that'll make up for that piece of shit T shirt I got as a premium. <laughs> I'm in a mood today. Sorry, I can tell. So uh, just calm down. Don't wave your arms around, or you might turn off your fire uh, fire alarm. Okay. No. That is a hell of a segue. Because you're Mr. Nest guy now, and you want one, and apparently just wait, by waving your arms around, gesticulating wildly 
as it were, uh, you can turn off your, your nest. Well, and I, so they're all yes. being recalled. I mean, this <laughs> is this was one of the, well, no, they're not being recalled. I believe. I think he's, they're, they're, they're taking them off the shelves. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because this was uh, this was hailed as one of the features uh, of the nest smoke alarm would be the fact that you know if it were to go off and you want to shut it down, you don't have to get on a ladder, you don't have to pull out the battery, you don't have to push a button. You would just wave your arms around and it would shut itself off. But have you ever had a fire in your kitchen? You yeah. fucking wave your arms trying to get – help, the, wave it. You, you freak out. But you're it trying is, to get it is just an alarm. At the point where you're waving your arms and freaking out, you are aware of the fire and no longer need the alarm. But if you need help from the neighbors, <laughs> it really doesn't – it doesn't behoove you to turn the alarm off. You want God them, damn, uh, you have spent a lot of time in small towns. I've, no, I've spent a lot of time in apartment buildings. Isn't, there ain't nobody in L.A. that's going to come running over when an alarm's on. <laughs> in Hollywood, they sure as shit came running when, when my alarm went off. Uh, every time. So, and when their alarm went off, because we, I, there was, I was in a building that just was fire prone. I swear, fire starter lived there. She was just like, mind if you smoke, poof, there goes the flames. <laughs> um, and no, I, I think it's, I think it's a dumbass feature. Uh, put a big button on it that you can press, or put a, you know, and have a stick like we, like we do with that, all the fire alarms. Or yeah, just get rid of that feature and and you know use the major other selling point of the Nest, which is you can turn it off with your damn phone. There, there you go. <laughs> um, unless your phone is already melted and you that, know, that's in the true. fire. That's true. Uh, <sighs> people. Anyways, <laughs> guess I, I guess I won't be getting that anytime soon. So I'll be holding off on my Nest purchases. Well, they're fixing them and then they'll put them back on the market. And if you already have one, they will send you an over-the-air update, ah, apparently. Well, there but you go. the last time they did the over-the-air update with the Nest thermostat, it broke a ton of them. And I guess old people froze to death in the winter and it was not a good scene. So Beware. Internet of, in, Internet of Things is going to get you. <laughs> well, that's only if you're lucky enough to afford all these gadgets. Oh, here, hey, you're getting good at this. Good, nice segue. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, this this is another article that I stumbled across when I was in my mood. So once I was done kicking Zane Lamprey up the ass, I found an article about the well. We all know the middle class is gone. Uh, a really good review of the shocking rise of wealth inequality. Is it worse than we thought? Uh, guess what the answer is. Yes, but of course, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, this is you know they follow the new set of a new set of findings done by the London School of Economics, which is basically just showing that in the U.S. the gap between the rich and poor is widening at a very fast rate. Uh, the middle class is basically point basically gone. Point zero one percent has now replaced the one percent. So basically, almost all the money in the entire world is collected by point zero one percent of the population. And soon it'll just be Scrooge McDuck in his in his pool of gold. That's all that will be left, and we'll yeah. be on the street and just laughing, laughing, laughing. So it's got some really pretty graphics that show how our life is basically over as we know it, and totally sucks, and basically can never go back to what it once was. Yay! Ah, boo, fucking who? Whatever. <laughs> hey, we all got our iPhones. And we all yeah. got our toy. Every time I do, I, I mean, it is, it's a really bad thing that the middle class is going away. I mean, there's a lot of super tragic things that can occur with this. It's good to be aware of it. I like that these articles keep coming out and we need to do something about this gap between the rich and the poor. But I always do like to remember that uh, if you're poor now, you still have probably a gigantic plasma TV. You've got cable te- television. You've got an iPhone. I don't know anybody that doesn't. Well, that's why they're poor. Um, exactly. They're spending money on I, 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 This doom and gloom about the loss of the middle class, I, I still don't believe it because I'm in the middle of the, you know, I'm in the Chicago suburbs right now. Yeah. I look around me. I am in the middle of the middle class and it's doing just fine. <laughs> Honestly, 
here there's really it it doesn't seem to be affected very much by the the wealth inequality. There are people that are in the same spot as they were ten years ago, twenty years ago, you know, making a living, doing fine, feeding their kids, sending them off to school, sending them off to college. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't see it where I'm at. Right. Here, now now taking the train across the country, the United States is giant basically a giant uh uh, junkyard lot. <laughs> if you if if you uh, take it from the view of being on a train, because the all the way here, if you own a home that is by the train tracks, apparently you must have by law six scrapped cars, some of which are Volkswagen Beetles or Chevelles, <laughs> sitting in your backyard in in different states of disrepair. Um, it's surprising how crappy most of the U.S. is that live along at least along the train tracks. So that was that was kind of a weird observation. I took a lot of pictures of that stuff, so maybe I'll do a book. I'll Kickstarter it. Um, oh, great! But but for the most part, from what I can tell, just being in Middle America and uh, even when I was in Pennsylvania, the middle class seems to be doing just fine. This I, this might actually just be a lot of uh, bullshit media hoopla. So I don't know. I, I just can't imagine that journalists would fabricate stories. Well, hey, man, you're the one that's talking about it, so you you bought it. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I personally do see it a lot around L.A., but again, it's L.A. Um, L.A. is this strange bubble that isn't the rest of the country and the rest no, of the world. It, so. See, that's that's the thing. You know, after when when being being on the train and getting to look at how big this damn country is, there's a lot of it. And I've been to L.A. There's not a lot compared to the rest of it. And L.A. is basically full of batshit, crazy, insane people. Fair you enough. know, it's. And a lot of them who are there to make their fortune who are waiters and waitresses and th- <laughs> who come from the middle class and give up the middle class to go be uh, you know, uh, minimum wage employees in the hopes of getting famous. So I think there's, that, there's a weird mental uh, <laughs> you know, shift that goes on for people in, in your part of the world. So I think you might be you know, subject to that, uh, that, that insanity a little bit. All right. Well, that's just that's my two cents. My maybe two cents. maybe I should hop on a train and I'll, I'll go take a look at the rest of the country and get back to you. Yeah, do it, man. Get the fuck out of town. You need a, you need a vacation anyway. That's true. And what the hell are you talking about? No middle class. You just bought a fucking house. You entitled little shit. In the news. So I hear the FBI is doing something in San Francisco, Dr. Teeter. They did something in San Francisco. Uh, last week, they uh, they <laughs> arrested our state senator, Leland Yee, and a whole bunch of other uh, well-known local uh, – People in San Francisco, um, there was a major FBI sting into the uh, Chinese triad, Chinese mafia here, and uh, involved prostitution, drugs, murder for hire, and rocket launchers. Ooh, all the fun stuff. And our state senator was supposedly uh, indicted, not supposedly indicted, was indicted for uh, arms dealing, and I haven't read every part of the indictment, but I've been told it involved – Shoulder, shoulder, shoulder-fired missiles. Wow! Uh, yeah, that he was getting from Russians, uh, Filipinos. Or I, I don't. The, I don't the, the one that I saw that he was, he was getting yeah. from the Russians. So. But it's it's kind of interesting in that um, I spent a lot of time in Chinatown and um, all the uh, the places in the indictment. You know, I know fairly well. Um, <laughs> Are they still open? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know about New Asia Restaurant, but um, it was interesting to ask some of my my local friends, did you know Shrimp Boy? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. He (laughs) sits at that bar right there when he drinks. I'm sorry, that seat right here when he drinks. I'm just like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll just be interesting to see how far this goes and who else gets pulled into it because – San Francisco's mayor is Chinese American, and some of the major power brokers in the city are too. And they're connected to Shrimp Boy. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. So it's been interesting times here. And this, if you you can find and download the 137 page indictment, um, I swear to God, this this reads like a movie script. It sounds like yeah. a wire already. <laughs> I got to tell yeah. you, man, Toronto Rob Ford, you got to step it up a little bit. This is way more interesting than what you've been doing. Yeah, this makes Rob Ford. <laughs> Look like a <laughs> yeah. It's like Cheech and Chong yeah. versus Rambo. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that's so good. That's what's going on in San Francisco right now. Awesome. Sweet. Oh man. Uh, you know what else is going on? I'm I'm working on this this whole segue thing. It's I don't know if it's yeah. This one's this one's not going to go very well. I can no. tell. <laughs> so um, this dude Brendan Ike, who I met, yeah. uh, I think in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my first, uh, when I was working at Paramount, they sent me to a, um, I think it was a Netscape convention, you know, right. up in San Jose, my first trip up to San Jose. And we go to, Microsoft was basically buying us beers at the convention. Anybody that had a badge could come down to this brew house, it's like, you know, like craft brew place, after the conference, and they'd buy us beers, and they would show us Internet Explorer. And like, in the, the active scripting that they had just uh, developed for Internet Explorer. And... When I was there, I met Brendan Ike, the now, the now ex CEO of Mozilla and inventor <laughs> of JavaScript. Um, and I just got to say, we we were so close to fisticuffs that our friends were pulling us apart. And now, since he has come out in uh, in uh, favor of Prop Eight, the you know anti gay legislation in California, I'm kind of wishing they'd let me beat the crap out of him. But. Uh, yeah, now, this, now. This, this has been a crazy week for uh, for Mozilla and those poor folks over at Firefox. Yeah, it's a, it's a well. I mean, I'm just I'm sad about Firefox in general because the, it was always my go to browser and I loved it and I've abandoned it recently because it basically just sucks. Um, it's it's sad to see again these CEOs are. It's just it's just a bad move always for them to to bring out their own personal beliefs and make them so public and, and involve their companies in it. Uh, who was no. that other? Who was that guy just a while back that was like shooting animals and it was a CEO for some other major company? Go and he, no, go wait daddy. a sec. Wait a second, Brian. You just <laughs> hold him one sec. Yes. He didn't come out and do any say anything publicly. My understanding is all he did was a, uh, he contributed money. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's yep. it. He did enforce his beliefs uh, on the employees, the company. He, as far as I know, if someone hadn't gotten a hold of the donor list, no one would even know his uh, his feelings on Prop Eight. Right. It's apparently been known inside of Mozilla since 2012 from from the inside, but mm-hmm. it hasn't been public. Um, yeah, and, uh, and one of Mozilla's board members resigned over the donation. A while actually, back, no, three, three, so. of three. Them, three of them resigned, three. but okay. they, none of them had cited that, that Brendan Ike was the reason they were resigning. One was staying on for uh, till the end of the CEO search, and the other two had other different reasons. So right. I, there's no there's no proof that they left because he was the one that was uh, brought on as CEO. I think the most interesting aspect of this entire story seems to be that the main reason that this came to light was because of OKCupid. 
Yeah, which that, is that was that was kind uh, of the, kind of shocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So somebody over at OKCupid okay does not like this guy either. Basically, that what they did is they served a message for Firefox users, asking them to please change their browser because Firefox's CEO, you know, is not a does not support equal rights, and then it became a huge story and uh, got this guy in quite a bit of trouble. No. Which uh, that could just be okay, Cupid trying to get some media, doing some media whoring itself. Oh, of course, of course it is. I mean, that's the stories that are starting to come out now, which is like, okay, Cupid wasn't being quite so, you know, cavalier about this. Look at all the press that they're getting, blah, 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 blah. Do you know who owns okay, Cupid? I do not. Okay, the company that owns okay, Cupid, remember the lovely girl who uh, was the white girl going to South Africa and wasn't going to get AIDS? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The company that, that she worked for and they fired her publicly? Right, they're the company that owns OkCupid, so ah. there is there is some crossover there with them doing uh, this kind of media witch hunt, you know, in public. So I don't know if if that ties into it. I have got no proof of it, but you know, there's a strange correlation there. Honestly, we we have freedom of speech in this country for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you know, yes, he kind of. He deserves the backlash just because he, of what he did. I mean, I, that's just my personal belief. But he should be—he should be able to hold his position. He why should he, why should he deserve any backlash for for donating to um, Yes on Prop Eight? Well, because it's a stupid thing to donate to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's—I mean—that's your know, but opinion. That's, that's exactly it. It's my opinion. It's my right. opinion. It's, well, and that doesn't, that doesn't oh, mean. Now, we are okay. He he definitely has every right to do whatever he does, but I'm going to go with a Bill Maherism here in that we don't have to pretend that every position is noble. There is a right position here, which is equality for all. End of story. Nah. That I don't well, care what you say. Of course, you're allowed to and entitled to your own opinion, but it's wrong. Slippery, His opinion slippery slippery is slope wrong. Here. It's a no, slope. I, I'm, I'm I'm going to disagree with you, Brian. My I am my opinion is oh God. I this. Damn, Prop Eight thing always screws me up because it's <laughs> no on Prop Eight, right? That's the right one. I Correct. believe it's no on hate is the way that it no goes. No on hate, right? Yes. And I mean, I I wasn't a California citizen at the time, so I couldn't vote. But I donated to several organizations to uh, to fight that. But that's my opinion, and yeah. I res- I do respect other people's opinions on that. Um, but I do think it was a a very scary. Witch hunt. I still don't know whether this might have just been an excuse. There's other political stuff going on with this guy inside the organization. But if it really was about that, that's scary to me because it's like it just means things are becoming unstable. And it's just like it could it could just be the other way. It could be. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you as well. I just – I don't think this is obviously the full story. Mozilla is in a bit of a mess recently, so there's probably internal politics that were at play as well. I wouldn't surprise me at all to learn at some point that somebody from Mozilla is the one that actually gave this information directly to somebody over at OkCupid. Who the hell knows? It's it's just – it's messy. It is messy. Yeah. It is messy, but it – And it, it and it's, it's dirty. It's really kind of a just a – it's a tough one to – Figure out because yeah, what does it open up going forward with CES? I mean, we're, these people aren't running for Congress. You know, it's a guy at a company that gives you a free browser. Um, <laughs> seriously. So anyway, yeah. We, the, we, <clears throat> excuse me. We've got other witch hunts to deal with because Stephen Colbert was uh, <laughs> in talking about the uh, the Chinese mafia. Um, well, this this is the, another uh, one of the stories Stephen that just Col- really yeah, Stephen Colbert was basically brought to task for a joke about Asian Americans. That yeah. uh, uh, from from a was a twenty one twenty three year old uh, comedian named Suey Park. 
Well, she's a comedian slash activist slash performer slash whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 23 year old comedian, writer, activist uh, named Sui Park, who uh, immediately took to Twitter because that's what one does when one wants to make a serious point uh, to cancel Colbert and made uh, the hashtag cancel Colbert you know, go viral or whatever the hell people call these things these days that don't actually do anything um, over a skit that she freely admits she didn't even watch. She just used this as a springboard to. I'm not really entirely sure what she is even attempted to do. Yes. She, she, besides she, she took, promote she, herself. She took besides, a joke out of context and she's trying to bring awareness about um, well, what she's talked about. She's, I said, I'm talking about whiteness at large. Uh, so yes. she has a problem with white people in general and anything that she can latch onto at this point, as far as I can tell. Um, <laughs> I, I read, I read the article from salon that uh, was published a couple days ago. Oh no, today, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. And I thought this was already over with and it should have been over with because it was a non-issue because anybody that goes after Colbert for a joke doesn't get the joke. That Colbert is the joke, you know? Yeah. He's satire. The skit is is purposefully pointing out the exact type of thing that she is supposedly fighting for by fighting against him. So it just becomes this uh, fucking stupid story of – and as far as I can tell, again, her only real – Activity here is promoting herself as an activist. <laughs> so I don't really get it. And I think I find her annoying and she needs to go away. The, the most annoying aspect of the entire <laughs> here's, here's, thing. Here's, here's the deal. We should yeah. stop talking about her then. We should stop talking about her. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dropbox this week uh, came out with a uh, – they, they, they kind of got in some hot water this week mm-hmm. with posting DMCA – takedown notices to people's private folders and people were screenshotting them and posting them. And by people, I mean, as far as I can tell one person um, <laughs> that, that made the rounds is like, okay, your file has been removed uh, due to a DMCA takedown notice. Now, when you originally think about a DMCA takedown notice, it means that somebody saw the file and then sent the notice to Dropbox and then Dropbox then replied to it. Yeah. What happens though, what happened here was, well, that's not always the case apparently because one person that wasn't this person had shared a file that was the same file that this person had posted, and through the magic of technology, Dropbox knew that this person that was unrelated to the first person had the same file in their folder right. and mm-hmm. said, no, you can't do that. We've already – we've been through this with the copyright holder, so we're taking it down. OK. Um, so it turned into a big kerfuffle, and uh, I, uh, I don't know how to kind of react to it. But what I've done so far this week is I've canceled my premium Dropbox account and moved over to another technology we'll talk about shortly. Okay. But um, the fact that they are doing hashes on private accounts is – for stuff that you have not shared is kind of – in sharing that, it's kind of creepy. I, well, I don't yeah. – I thought, I thought that it, this only comes into play if you actually try and share the file. See, that's what I'm – I'm still kind of on the fence about that. Does that happen? Because it didn't say that this guy tried to share the file. The, at least from what I read about what Dropbox said, they, it, this only happens when you try and share. Yeah, that's, See, what, that's what they said. It, it triggers on share because once you share it, then it does a hash on the file that you're trying to share and matches it against the blacklist. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. I actually I'm, understand that. That makes total sense to me. What would bother me extremely is, I mean, the whole point of these sort of off, these services is basically it's a storage 
container. It's a holder. I should be able to throw up a big chunk of my music collection onto a Dropbox thing that I am paying for to just keep it there. And as long as I don't share it, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, so that's where yeah. that's where it comes into. Did it does it trigger on share? So right. um, I think I think they I think it does. But it's something where who knows? Who knows what else they might be doing? I mean, it's something where if I if I get something from my friends in Sweden, I'm not really going to want to put it up there and and say that it's there and have all these people getting it. Mm-hmm. If I right. was going to do it, maybe I would want to run it through um, uh, uh, Handbrake. Yeah, Handbrake it or throw some Stego in there just to kind of throw the, the hats yeah. off. Yeah. Throw the hash off. Right. Yeah. And or if anything, don't don't use the name that it was, you know, on Pirate Bay. Well, <laughs> Call it something different. <laughs> well, I mean, even if the file name was the same, you still get the hash from the actual right. file itself. So Right. But still, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously you don't do Game of or, Thrones stolen season premiere, you know. <laughs> or just don't steal kids. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Right. I think that ship no. has sailed. Um, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I would like Dropbox to put out some sort of comprehensive statement about what exactly has happened. Well, they did. So. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but it obviously didn't make it clear or not as to whether it's triggered only on share or not. Um, I'd like to have that question answered definitively by them. But uh, I, doubt, I doubt we'll get that answer. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Once they have the hashes, you know, so the hash is triggered by a share, DMCA or uh, copyright holder swoops in, that hash is added to the blacklist. Do you, don't you think that they run that against the, the current hash list and have a list of people that have that file and, you know, can do anything they want? Then they're, you're, you're then added to a watch list of people who have known copyright infringed files. You right. Know? There, there, there are some evil things that can be done here. Is, yeah. Drop, is Dropbox doing it? I have no proof. I have no idea. So I don't want to be like pointing fingers. But there is – the fact that this is happening is kind of – you know, it's enough to make me go, let's just not deal with it. Well, I don't even put anything up there that's copyrighted. It's copyrighted by me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we use um, Dropbox for a grumpy old geek stuff to, tr- to shuffle it around. So, you know, but we own that and it's free anyway. So no big deal. Yes. And, I mean I – yeah, go ahead, David. I use Dropbox for my for my consulting practice. I love it. I mean, the Dropbox is wonderful. Um, I wish it was cheaper. Maybe it will be cheaper uh, with all the, the the cloud storage prices going down. But um, I mean, I've got all of my my research, all of my client stuff up there. I'm not going to um, put that at risk by putting copyright other people's stuff up there too. Right. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, I see what they're doing. They don't want to become like the mega upload yeah. thing, Yeah. but it's something where, I mean, not just them. I wonder who else might be doing this kind of stuff. And like Apple is, is Apple doing this with their, um, with iCloud. Yeah. 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 I, I, bet, well, I, I bet they. Well, here's the problem: nobody uses iCloud. Um, in trying to, get, <laughs> or, trying to get a two gigabyte movie to upload to iCloud, if you can get that up there, then you could probably post, you know, Titanic and whatever movie you want to. It'll be. Fun. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, I meant like with Match. With iTunes Match? Yeah. How so? Well, I don't know. I mean, what if you what if you got music from your friends in Sweden and then uploaded it to Match? I can guarantee you, ninety nine percent of the people I know do that. 
I, I can guarantee you that too. Yeah. No, you get you get the lowest bitrate version you can from the friends in Sweden. You yeah. put it in your iTunes uh, library. It syncs to, I, or to iTunes Match. You delete the crappy versions, then you download the pristine versions, and then you're you're done. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a loophole. It is their biggest loophole with iTunes Match, and it's probably why you can't or why you can only have twenty five thousand songs. Exactly. It's why I'm excluded from being able to use it. If that was unlimited, (laughs) then we would have their entire library pulled down, re-encoded, and sent up to our friends in Sweden. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, at at this, it's going to come down to to money. It's not really worth it yet to chase after a lot of a lot of these copyrights. Um, I'm not these services. I'm not surprised that they're doing this. Um, I think a lot of them should be. I mean, everybody is trying to avoid kind of being the, the next big pirate. Dropbox hangout. Um, my concern is going to be more: are the are the Time Warners of the worlds and the Comcast going to get into this business and monitor traffic? That's where it gets really scary to me. Okay, you lost me. You lost me on why the ISPs would be monitoring our traffic with our file sharing with uh, with just like Dropbox stuff. Well, why not? I mean, why not? If they decide that that's that's the next step is is you know instead of just waiting for for you to put it up somewhere, then your ISP is basically looking for hashtags and going, hmm, okay, well you're doing this now, so we're just going to shut you off. Well, I mean, there's I I don't see that happening. What the problem that I see is the fact that there are content creators that now own the pipe, so it's it is in their best interest to look for their properties that you might yeah. be sharing. You know, since Comcast is a they own Universal or they still own Universal, right? Or did they sell it off? Yeah. Well, either way, they, they own content creation. Time Warner obviously owns content creation. You know, when you have when you have that kind of crossover with the people who own the distribution and the creation, that's it, this is why this whole like merger with Comcast and Time Warner drives me nuts because it's it's just getting worse. It's it's focusing the problem into a single point of failure of everybody's internet access and <laughs> uh, whatever. Okay, I I can't talk about it anymore. Um, no more Dropbox. No. Okay. <laughs> now this one, this one, I, I I had to bring up because Brian's always talking about how narcissistic everybody is and how blah blah blah. Uh, there's a study out that selfies are linked to narcissism, addiction, and mental illness. I told you. Now, I I I'm, I'm putting this one because I'm just laughing my ass off. I'm like, okay, selfies are linked to narcissism. Well, check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's that's kind of like a definition. I'm taking a picture of myself to send to you. Yeah. Um, no, not just to you, to the world. Because the, world. the entire mean, world needs to see this photo I took of me. Exactly. <laughs> now, when it comes to addiction and mental illness, there are some pretty interesting points that this the study makes. So, and it, it, for me, it was worth it for the one line. It says, "Few things are more self-destructive than a combination of high entitlement and a lazy work ethic." And, <laughs> or basically, and I what, just, what I, they I, call I, the entire uh, current generation. Exactly. So I just, I mean, I don't care what the rest of the article says. I love that line. I'm going to have it stamped on every fucking twenty-somethings forehead. <laughs> just uh. so, anyway. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on this, Brian? Besides, oh, duh, I'm right. No, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm right. I knew it. <laughs> uh, I actually, the article is really good. My favorite particular part of the article, which is linked to in our short in the show notes, is the breakdown of specific types of selfies. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that's really yeah, good. yeah that's, that's like really good. Fifteen or seventeen of them at the end that are yeah. pretending to be a sleep selfie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know you're not asleep, asshole. You took the damn picture. 
Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. No, I mean, this is a, I've, I've been railing about this for a while. It's, it's, it's just, it's the selfie is, is kind of the pinpoint of the entire social media. Me, 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 I'm all that matters and to fucking hell with everybody else world. So this is where we're at. And it's, it's just not good to be so self-absorbed people. <laughs> it's it's the me me meme. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I agree with this 100%. I hate selfies. Um, I'm not surprised at all. And I think we'll be seeing more and more studies coming out that, that say very similar things. There you yeah. go. There you go, in a nutshell. So let's talk about boxes again. Amazon Fire TV just announced. Who so we gives have, a shit? Yeah. I know. Well, are you? I'm not surprised. Obviously, they're, they're you know, they're battling it out with Apple over every product that they possibly can. Um, I've got an Apple TV already. I've got a Google Chromecast. I still have traditional cable TV. None of these products have been able to let me completely cut the cord to traditional cable unless I really kind of invested in our friends from Sweden, which I haven't done yet. Um, and I've got Amazon Prime streaming. So do I – and there's a Roku, which I've never had. There's so many options, but none of them are all in one. None of them really solve the problem, and none of them can get us away from Time Warner Cable. Well, you still, well, you still have to have your cable internet connection. Yeah. As, as far as it goes for te- television, you can cut the cord right now, and you yeah, probably I, wouldn't miss anything. I could, we have, I, yeah. We have Comcast. I don't think we've actually turned on the cable box in two years. <laughs> well, I don't seem to be able to do that, but I guess I'm lame. There's just too many weird things that I like to watch. So I can't get uh, – none of them have like all the options. None of them have uh, – Hulu doesn't have all the channels that I would want. I mean I suppose I could – can cut the cord, but I would have to subscribe to so many different things that it basically works out to the same cost. Oh no, it doesn't, my friend. No, it does not. <laughs> okay. You'll save you'll save a hundred bucks a month easily if you cut the cord, guaranteed. Yeah. If you cut cable out, you will save twelve hundred dollars a year. I've done I, it. I've done it. I can guarantee it. I will have to attempt that then. Anyways, I find the Amazon <laughs> box interesting. I was kind of going off the whole point of why I wanted to talk about it, which is I see this as definitely a play for them to be able to start doing while watching TV Amazon shopping. Yeah. Which I assume they will get to at some point. I'm actually somewhat surprised that Apple hasn't done it yet, but uh, Apple always just kind of – Apple always screws the pooch on these things. They get a product 99% there and just never go that last 1%. Yeah. I, the one thing I just I, I saw this and I was just like scratching my head. I'm like, why would I want this? I don't want this. But <laughs> if they if they basically made it where if you buy this you get free Prime or if you have Prime you get a free box, that would be brilliant. They'd lock you in. Yeah, yeah, they would totally lock you in. But they are not doing that. That is one of the other interesting things about this is this is the first time that they've put out a product like this and not undervalued or underpriced it to try to to drive the market. It's actually priced the same as Apple TV. Yeah. It's probably well. They're probably losing money on it. It's a loss leader. It's some in some way, anything that Amazon does is a loss leader to, for you to go buy stuff. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, like, I, I, if they could tie in movies with like in product placements, yeah, that would be genius. Like, I, well, you know, the suit that the star is wearing in the Born Identity. Click buy. Send me. You know, get my size <laughs> for my thing. Send me that suit or that T-shirt that the star is wearing. Whatever. That would be cool. I I only believe that. Google has the smarts to do that. I don't think Amazon does, but if if somebody can figure that out, that would be genius. Because I swear to God, every time I watch Unbreakable, there's that scene where the kid pulls out the Tropicana orange juice and puts it right in the middle of the, the table and points it at the screen and just sits there <laughs> for like three seconds. And I'm just like, shit, now I want some orange juice. So 
they, if they can figure that out, how to you know get you to buy from a movie, that's it. That's that's the game. That's the game right there. Yeah. Again, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm surprised that Apple isn't doing that yet, or or Netflix hasn't made a deal, or it's got to be any of these any of these companies that are starting to create their own shows. I mean, I'm I'm also a little surprised that Amazon hasn't started creating their own original shows yet. I'm sure that that'll be coming. Yeah, and, they have. Uh, <laughs> have they? Who, what are they doing? Dude, they had, they had the whole. Um, uh, we talked about this. The um, what do you call it? Pilot season. They ran. They made six shows. Oh, that's right. That was them. Yeah. Okay. So they're doing it already. There you go. Yeah. So so now that's yeah. a natural thing for them to develop the technology that through their box on their own shows they can just boop, sell stuff. Exactly. Everybody's trying to get their you know they're trying to be content creation and distribution at the same time. Yes. Antitrust. <clears throat> yeah. Right. <laughs> Speaking of dicks on the internet. <laughs> Fine. Okay, okay. This, the title for this episode is really bad transition. Okay, uh, oh, yeah. Yelp has has finally hit the shitters, which I just saw. Um, it the FTC says that it has received more than two thousand complaints about the site. That's it. Well, I would have, I would have expected a lot more. <laughs> I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't know what the time frame is. Right. It doesn't say what the time frame is. It could be this month, mm-hmm. which would be more in line with what I hear. Because it has been, you know, for years, everybody's been saying that they're extortionists. Um, not surprised. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're yeah. T- <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Yelp. I, I use the site often. Um, you know, whenever I'm checking out some new service I've never heard of. Uh, again, I, I use them when I looked at the uh, getting my iPad mini screen fixed. You know, they had reviews up there. It was great. Uh, but I can definitely see how I, I've read nightmare horror stories about what happens when a business is unfairly targeted or there are horrible reviews that aren't true. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's a definite point of failure for a business. You can live or die by by these sorts of reviews and these sorts of sites. Yeah, I mean, they they it's. It's. I think it's really well known that they. That's their business model: extort or we bury you. <laughs> so, so with that said, why are they losing ten million dollars a year? I mean, how, um, how are these guys losing that much money? Because it said with ten million dollars in t- twenty thirteen and a total of fifty seven point five million in losses in the past five years. Where the where's that money going? It's being funneled out into something because it can't just be salary and and overhead. Something's going on there. Uh, rocket launchers in San Francisco, perhaps. Well, their their old office was in the same building as the Scientologist, so there is a crossover <laughs> there. Yeah, I don't. I, again, uh, you see the you see these big internet companies, and first off, I'm I'm amazed that they're even making that much money. I, I would have been surprised to find out that Yelp made fifty seven point five million, much less lost it. I have no idea where this money goes. I, I, it boggles the mind. It, it really does. It's. I mean, I, you and I, we work on the internet for a living. We worked on the internet before there was an internet. And I look at these numbers and I go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Ten million dollars a year is a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a shit ton for for a site that should be most of the point automated. Besides sales, you should have an IT staff and you should have sales. What else do they need? Uh, apparently they need leg breakers and arm breakers to, to go out and to get the get Joe Schmo the plumber to you know buy some ads or pay for a nice review. But I just I, I have no idea how they can lose that much money. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and again, it's like what what do they actually they, they pay for server spaces and they haven't done a, a redesign in years, so I don't get it. Okay. Um, well, speaking of losing money, my God, I'm, I'm just checking this right now. They're 
they lost uh, a lot more than just that in market capitalization just today. They're down almost 7% just today. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, whole, that's the whole point of the article is that just they, 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 the stock tanked. They, they have gone through the floor. Yeah. So, I, I, mean, I, I was even surprised to find out that they were public. That's just funny to me. <laughs> I mean, who would, I'm going to buy Yelp stock. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, people have bought people bought pet pets dot com or whatever. Yeah, how, that, how well did that work out for people? <laughs> yeah, uh, I threw this one in because it it fascinates me. Um, aging successfully reversed in mice. Human trials to begin next. Sign me up, please. <laughs> Sign All me right. up. Now, when they say reversed aging, does that mean the mice live forever? It says, or that, they just look younger and still die at, at whatever age mice well, die. It, it, it deals with like internals and muscle tone. It said that basically the muscle tone of the mice had returned for what was equivalent to a 60-year-old human back to a 20-year-old human, which okay. at being 40, I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe a 10-year-old isn't the muscle tone I want, but <laughs> if you could give me a half a dose and get me back to 20, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, the, what it doesn't say, what it doesn't talk about is anything external. So you're going to have grandmas running around that are fit as a fiddle, horny as can be, and still look like grandma. <laughs> But that's a, that's a whole different pill that they need to take for that. But <laughs> uh, trials are going to begin soon. Uh, check out the article at, at guardianlv.com. I don't know who they are, but I don't know. One, a, a trusted source on Twitter posted this link. So I think it was the science. <laughs> I think it was the science uh, science porn <laughs> Twitter. I like so. the phrase "trusted source" of on Twitter. Is exactly. Just a, yeah. Hey, uh-huh. I got I got to cover my bases. I got to cover my bases. No, I mean no. I, I read through this whole thing. I, I I'll totally sign up for it too. I love this stuff. I mean, but I just did, you know it was only a couple of years ago there was all the stories about the. Uh, that substance that they found in, in red wine that they were Resveratrol. distilling, yes, yes, that, that was going to you know, be the, the, the miracle drug. And then all of a sudden we found out it doesn't actually do shit. No, so. they're still working on it. They're still working yeah, on it. Yeah, they'll be working on it forever. Well, it, you know, it, it does uh, slow down the telomere degradation. I'm, right. I'm, yeah. I'm into the same thing. It's cool. <laughs> uh, last one I found was, uh, what do you do if you find a lost drone? We've gotten to the point where, <laughs> we have gotten to the point where people are losing drones. <laughs> It's not like a puppy, you know. It's not like you go go to work and you come home and the puppy got out the sliding glass door and you're like, "Where's my puppy?" When you when you lose a drone, you kind of know that you lost a drone and you can probably see where it went. So it, it's a funny article. the The only thing that I really enjoyed about it is uh, drone owners are now called droners. Oh God, the droner. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I love the the uh, San Francisco Craigslist ad that was posted. I found your stupid drone. <laughs> <laughs> I found it squirming around in the middle of Fulton Street. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, I guess, an issue. I don't know. I mean, there's 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 a whole area of law that has not even been dealt with that uh, we're going to find out about really soon regarding drones and airspace and who owns what and what happens next. So it's, it's going to, as per usual in all things in the world, it'll be the lawyers that have make the most money out of all this. So well, the, the big problem is the FAA is going to basically ban drones. So it, and by drones, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, high flying planes with predator missiles that, that they can shoot and kill, you know, whatever I'm talking about the little quadcopters that you can buy at Toys R Us. So that's what they're going to be banning, which, and, and they've already done it in LA. Like if, uh, there was actually a business I wanted to get into, which was real estate uh, photography. 
And when I was down there, there were people that were starting to get into this and doing like really nice drone flybys of the houses and posting videos of them. It's illegal now, which is just bullshit. So what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh, God. Drones, old people and mice and uh, what a day. What a day. And Dropbox. That was a hell of a news segment. I was going to say I I was out at – out Ocean Beach last week, going for a walk, and saw three drones on my walk. The quadcopters are even more than quad now. People out playing with them, and it's just—it made me want to go home and buy like one of these high-end laser pointers. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones I'm talking, like the green, like oh, the yeah. ones that will, oh yeah, make things smoke. Yeah, yep. Nice, and just nice go sit out there. Green. Yep. Yeah, just yeah, right. I'm surprised that um, do some I'm, dazzling. I knew for a while you could you could make well you could buy but you can still definitely make uh, those little little kind of box remote controls that you could take with you to say the airport that would actually switch off all the TVs. Uh, I'm surprised that there isn't uh, somebody hasn't put together a little. I'm going to shut your drone down drone, box yet. Drone be gone. Drone be gone. Drone be gone. You can do that, and it's yeah. something where it's just like you can take the old uh, the old telephones, which I think are on the same wireless frequency. Yeah. And just cycle through. I mean, I, people have talked about doing that as like a portable Google Glass jammer because Google Glass uses wireless scope to go between the glass and the phone. Yeah. But I mean, that's uh, you do that kind of stuff, and you're playing with some. You're violating some laws you don't want to be violating. Yeah, you're into FCC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's bad territory. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Yeah. Yes. They, I, they, I, I, the I government know. does not take kindly to that. Yeah, you'd, you'd be better off just taking a um, BB gun. A 12 gauge. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with BB gun to be, you know, socially responsible, but a 12 gauge works too. Or have your own drone with a BB gun on it. Ooh, drone wars. Drone well, wars. I was just thinking when you were saying get a laser pointer and sit at the beach, I'm like, just go get a pellet gun at, at you know, sports chalet and take it out there and you're fine. Yeah. And you could also shoot hippies with that. So it's double duty. Oh, God. No, but it's, I, I've, someone out there had a drone, um, it was like either had six or eight motors. Yeah, there's hexa- hexacopters, noctocopters now. Okay, so they were out there flying around with a big DSLR underneath that thing, and I'm just I look at this, I'm just going, wow. I mean, it's part of it. I'm it's really cool, um, really good technology, neat technology. But it's just like I can just see one of those things failing, and not like you know losing signal and like you know failing gracefully, but like basically. The power system goes and it just falls yeah. hundreds of feet with a cop with the camera and just basically takes out someone. If you look at behind the scenes for uh, the Yukon Gold Show on Discovery, there was uh, they some of their hero shots, like most of their hero shots, are on an octocopter that they brought up with. Uh, you know, I think a Canon DSLR doing full full motion video, and they lost two of them. And those yeah. things those things go down hard. But the other thing that they don't tell you is most of those blades are carbon fiber blades. And they will – if you're close enough, they'll, they'll cut your throat. Yeah. You know? Like the kid that got killed with the uh, remote-controlled helicopter. You know, you get close enough to that thing, that, that's, a, that's a swinging guillotine right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Again, like, like I was saying, there's going to be a lot of laws coming out about this stuff pretty soon. And, and as the, well, there should be. I mean, I, I, again, uh, I didn't uh, – I'd assume there's a lot more going up. In San Francisco, but but even down here in Venice Beach, when I went for a bike ride the other day, there were three different people out there with with drones flying them around, and it gets a little creepy because you know what they're 
what they're taking pictures of on the beach. Well, no, here's the, here's the thing. I, the problem I had, like I said before, I don't like using the word drone with these things. Right. They're quadcopters. They're hexacopters. They're octocopters. They are remote-controlled toys at this point. Drones are the things that the military use for surveillance and, you know, whatever they're using it for. Uh, <laughs> they're weapons platforms for the most part. But, like, civilian use for these things, the word drone just does not sit, with, or sit right with me. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Well, you're going to have to get used to it because I don't think anybody's going to be changing that. That is the word du jour. Well, they're fuck nuggets then. Security! Ah! In a not-too-shocking-to-me study, exclusive NSA infiltrated RSA security more deeply than thought. Well, not by us. <laughs> That's all I got for this story. We're, I'm not surprised by this at all. No, I'm not, not either. Well, I, kind of, but not really. I think this was kind of a slow news day when they came up with this one because this was like – this was talking about something which never even really got any traction. Right. The, which which that, part? The, the random number generator or uh, – No, the, the, um, the extended random. Oh, yeah, okay. Dual elliptic curve, they they used that. But this other one, um, the extended random that right. no everyone just kind of scratching their heads about. But um, there was one quote in that article I did – it, it had me giggling, and I thought it was really well said. It says, John Hopkins professor Matthew Green said it was hard to take the official explanation for extended random at face value, especially since it appeared soon after dual elliptic curves acceptance as U.S. standard. So dual elliptic curve um, – I'm sorry. It was the dual elliptic curve deterministic random bit generator, that was the one that NSA kind of had their little back door in. Yeah, and then um, extended random was this other algorithm which basically made it so much easier to crack. And this guy's quote was, "If using dual elliptic curve is like playing with matches, then adding extended random is like dousing yourself with gasoline." Yeah, <laughs> which is like, you know, this is something where uh, once it came out, what NSA had done with RSA, you know, yeah, fu- fuck RSA. Yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the prevailing. It's just uh, they're a joke and it's over. Like uh, they're a little further along in the art- article, they talk about how quickly they were able to crack versions of the software. Three seconds, yeah. Jesus! Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's like why bother? <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, once it yeah, once RSA uh, got got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, uh, <laughs> you can't trust them. So yeah. you can't trust any of since they are a security company that is built on trust. Yeah. yeah. Once they've shown that they are untrustworthy, then they're why are they still in business? Uh, it's shocking to me why they're still in business. And then the, the thing reading this is just has me scratching my head because I mean well, we don't know what really went down, but if if you if if the story which was put out there is true that they did uh, they accepted um, was it dual EC for ten million dollars? Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. you're going to ruin your reputation. For $10 million, that's it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to do something like that, jeopardize, you know, that's a, that company was valued in the billions. Yeah, yeah. it should have been a 10B in front of, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or, or it should have been done, you know, for no money at all. Yeah. yeah, so that makes me think that there was probably somebody on the inside that that got that ten million and and walked away with it and opened the door. You know, they kind of like it's like a janitor. You give them you give them fifty bucks and they leave the door open for you, kind of thing. Like <laughs> that kind of kind of deal. 
I don't but know. But I don't. Th- I don't think there was ten million dollars is nothing for a billion dollar company or multi billion dollar company. No, yeah. one per- one person pocketed a lot of that and uh, and left the premises quickly. I'm reasonably sure uh, that's probably what happens. So who knows? Who yeah, who knows? It's but, a problem. Uh, problem. Who knows? But the thing is that it just shocks me about all of this is is this company is still alive and kicking. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they just had a huge uh, huge conference in San Francisco. Yeah, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. A lot of people pulled out of it, but they still had the show. So mm-hmm. um, no, and it could be something also where I mean companies will put stuff in because um, they're being patriots. Something that the assumption would be like you know we're going to put this back door in. And we're going to use this to keep an eye on our friends in Sweden or China or Russia. Then why take or, the money though? Uh, right. And a lot of them don't. I mean there's a lot of companies that that have worked with the intelligence community for decades um, yeah. by technology stuff, by um, letting uh, intelligence community people under non-official cover be part of you know Boeing, Lockheed, whatever, so they actually have a cover to go work someplace. Oh, the but, knock. Yeah, the knock. <laughs> but it's something where this kind of stuff, you know, once we kind of found out that they're using this stuff on us, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, besides using it on us, I want to talk about uh, the other article in Der Spiegel uh, that came out where they're talking – the NSA put Merkel and uh, 122 leaders of the other countries yeah. that are – some of our, some of them are our, our friends, some of them are not – um, but we spy on them, and there's a list of them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's the NSA's job is to spy on other countries. Am I am I wrong there somehow? No, that's their job. That's no, what, that that's is, what I that, thought their job is. That, so, that is their job. So now, by Snowden leaking documents that say we do their that the NSA is doing their job, mm-hmm. that kind of kind of sours uh, the whole thing for me a little bit. And this is what we talked about. Like, has he gone too far at this point with the documents that he has given these people? And now are the people that he's given the documents to taking them and kind of going their own way with it and uh, releasing stories that they kind of maybe shouldn't? I don't know about the maybe shouldn't. It's just something where it's – this is something where it was released by Der Spiegel. So, you know, just – they're, they're allowed to do that. We, you know, the the USA, USA Today would publish a story of outrage if if it was released that Russia was caught spying on Barack Obama. I mean, a German magazine is of course going to say what the fuck. But I, I do kind of see Jason's point and somewhat agree because the the initial impulse from Snowden was the I'm doing this for holier than thou reasons about how the government is overstepping its boundaries with the American people. Releasing this document that just talks about spying on foreign governments, which is what our government should be doing, and I'd be pissed if they weren't, um, is kind of going against that. There, there was no well, point in releasing this. Brian, how many documents were there? Uh, a not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like I don't think that Mr. Snowden actually had time to read through every one of the documents that he, that he took and released. Okay, so this is blowback from just not being yeah. able to look at everything that he gave away, or yeah. or or this is just. I mean, I, I looked at if I was to look at this um, slide, I'd be like, so what? I mean, I wouldn't even. I would like have flipped past this slide, which is <laughs> talking about you know what it's basically a target list. Yeah, uh, um, I'd be like, so what? I mean, 
they sh- these people should be on their list. And yeah. if you actually look at the slide, it says top secret comments. So comments, um, communications, intelligence, releasable to USA, Australia, Canada, Great Britain, and New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, so we've it's not, shared it with some of our good friends. Well, yeah. It's, it's the five eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, that we considered collecting on Merkel to be so sensitive that we weren't telling <laughs> her neighbors, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. This is not an this is not an issue. No, but uh, we are we are ignoring the best part of this entire story. The name of the search system is Nimrod. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, that is awesome. The, well, they, 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 they did use a, Nimrod. Well, they did use a Y instead of an I, so it it could be like a feminist kind of thing. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So again, I agree. Yeah, it's a non-story, and uh, and yeah, I agree with with what you said. Well, no, I don't think it's a non-story. No, no, no. I don't think it's a non-story. I just think it's. I, I mean, what what drew me to the story was the fact that these types of things are coming out that. Uh, you know, we're seeing foreign newspapers talking about what the NSA should be doing, which means that there's leakage around the edge of the entire point of the leaks. You right. Because the leaks are supposed to, you know, uh, bring the American people in line with saying, look, our government is overstepping their bounds. Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's like, no, the NSA spying on Germans, Venezuelans, whoever. You look, if they're if they're outside the U.S., they're free reign for the NSA as far as I'm concerned. That's their job. Find out who doesn't like us and, and you know, let's go with it. But right. once you start telling people exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it to, you know, the extent that we are doing their job or they are doing their job, then that's where it becomes problematic. And that's where and that there's the problem because it blurs the line between the problem that we have with the NSA, which is spying on us and spying on them, and it takes away from the actual from their actual job. No, no, no. And it takes no. It, well, it takes away from uh, the issue of them spying on us. Once we yeah. once we see that they're getting exposed for spying on other countries, which is their job, and we go, oh wait, no, you're not supposed to talk about that. We <laughs> lose the anger against them for spying on us. You know, right. that's where it dilutes. It it just dilutes the whole problem in my book. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was uh, okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine. So then we won't talk about the Guardian article. Okay. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So again, this this Guardian article is exactly the type of things that should be pointed out and are being pointed out. It's a the NSA performed warrantless searches on Americans' calls and emails, as we've known for a long time. Yeah, they're using loopholes so. in in. In the terminology of the laws with the courts to be able to, you know, hoover everything up. Yeah. And then search it later. Includes the program PRISM, which allows the agency to collect data from Google, Apple, Facebook, Yahoo, and other tech companies, of course. And the upstream program, which is a huge network of actual direct cable taps. Fun stuff. All on Americans. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you sound bored, Doctor. I'm I'm I am kind of bored with this. It's something where it's kinda of had enough of it. It's something where um the whole thing makes me just kind of sick. Um and it's it's time to let your representatives know how you feel. And if they're not gonna make changes to it, you're not gonna vote for them. I think this is also a time to recognize who's out there who I think has actually been doing a good job job looking out for us, like the EFF, write them a check. 
Right. Yeah, good you idea. Know, it's, you know, I, the, the, there's so much about this that just pisses me off. I mean, it's not just what they did. It's it's our elected representatives and their angles. Their, I'm sorry, their attitudes about this. Like Dianne Feinstein, you know, <laughs> my senator. That, I want to use the C word. Um, <laughs> she has not she, been very helpful. She authorized so much of this and stood behind it. And then now when it kind of comes back that, you know, the CIA, the CIA might have been doing some uh, futzing around with them. You know about what I'm talking about, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now, bring it up, she, bring it up. Yep. now she gets angry because she was being spied on. Fuck you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's so arrogant. That is so elitist. It's just like, no, you're not. Uh, I will not vote for that C. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. Yes. I was wondering if you were going to bring her up because she has, you know, was she the head of Senate Intelligence? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, well, I let a viper out of a cage, but I'm still in the room with it. And oh, it bit me. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm mad at the viper. Well, geez. Sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah. what is it? The the snake and the turtle or the scorpion, the scorpion, or... the scorpion and the alley. What the, what the hell's the allegory? Yeah. 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 Got it. Whatever, yeah. Du- yeah, the the dumb animal taking the vicious viper across the lake or the river. Um, anyway, so I'm glad that, I'm glad that you are uh, on board with us, but just being tired of it. But no, I'm tired of it. But it's yeah. something where it's it's um, we now know have an idea of what our government has been up to. Well, um, we have more than an idea. We have very specific uh, ideas. Yeah, we we know more than we did before. Yeah, um, but it's something where it's some of it is good job. Some of it's no, that's not right. That's wrong. Um, and it's time to, as opposed to keep bitching about it or wringing our hands over it or looking at another PowerPoint presentation that we're not cleared to look at. It's time to basically say, "Hey, elected representative, I want to come talk to you," and you know, you either change this. Or I'm going to organize against you. This right. is this is vote. Yeah, here's the issue that we don't. Do we have anybody to replace them with that's going to be any better? You know, that's that's kind of the issue. It's like once you're in politics, can they be trusted? But you know, I mean, okay, let's stop there. We could go down this road for for hours. Yeah, you know, let's not talk yeah, about yeah. the Supreme Court's ruling the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to say, look, the the. There's a there's a, a fundraiser I know right now that's going to send the uh, Supreme Court justices their robes with sponsor patches on them because that's exactly what the the Supreme Court ruling was. Uh, our, our was it we, we if you uh, were under any assumption that we're in a plutocracy right now, forget about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. let's let's go back to uh, <laughs> we we got to finish this up because it just keeps getting better because now the NSA is coming out saying don't listen to Google and Facebook. They know what's going on, you know? Of course they do. Um, I, I didn't doubt it, that at all. This, it's it's this, been publicity plays on their part to say that they're not part, they're not on board with this. Yeah, The Atlantic posted an article saying, like, look, uh, everybody's on uh, – every, everybody's compliant here. And the yeah. only reason that I'm, po- I'm, I'm bringing this article up because it's Bruce Schneier who is, you know, the stalwart security guy who has been, you know – He's been doing this for his whole damn life as far as I can tell. He came out of the womb with a firewall. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, 
he's our go-to guy. You know, he tells it like it is. He's seen the documents, and since he's seen the documents, I I, I believe what he says. And he's saying, like, look, these guys know what's going on. This is just a ruse. They're everybody's fighting in public, but behind the scenes, they're all kumbayaan. Yeah. What do you think? Who knows? <laughs> well, there's something definitive. Okay. Well, um, you're not going to know. That's the problem. And, and yeah. You're not going to know. And the thing is still, even if if Google and Facebook and Yahoo were totally serious about, you know, double and, you know, doubling the keys to 2048 bits and doing all this stuff, you never know. You never yeah. know what back doors are in there, what pipes are being, you know, played with. I would always assume if everything you do, there's a trail. Yeah. Except for that one email I tried to find that I sent to a client three weeks ago that I couldn't find. It's like I, I just want to be able to call up the NSA and go, guys, can you send that back to me? Because I, I lost <laughs> it. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't trust any of it because you don't know. This is such a black box. And now that Yahoo uh, Yahoo unveils encryption measures to protect users' data, which is uh, – it's another Guardian article, but Jake Applebaum talked about the guy who Yahoo just hired who is a um, – he goes against the NSA in public quite often and they hired him to be the face of Yahoo's security policies. Jason? Again, again could be a ruse. Totally Does anyone ruse. actually use Yahoo? Uh, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure who. All right. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm so bored with the NSA right now. I know. Now. That, that's the problem. <laughs> let's I, let's, I move, let's move just, on to a just... story I've got right here that, that involves normal humans doing this to each other instead of big government. Uh, a study just came out that spyware is increasingly becoming a part of domestic violence. So basically creepy people are spying on their significant others, are you know reading, going through their email, cracking into their computers, finding things that they shouldn't find, and getting really, really upset about it and then beating the crap out of them. Here's the here's the issue with this. The only reason that this is becoming increasingly part of domestic violence is it's because, because it's people, easier. No, 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 yeah, because people are becoming increasingly technologically savvy. Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, my girlfriend used to used to crack into my email and and berate me for stupid shit. I mean, this is this is this this comes along with technological savvy being widely becoming widely distributed. That's all yeah. it is. Technological savvy being widely distributed and an increasingly inability of any human being to actually recognize human nature. And we all still think that we're perfect and aren't going to do stupid shit. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you, I mean you, you laugh and it can be tossed out as a bit of a joke. But really, where we're headed with technology is going to force us to realize as humans that we are not the perfect people that we like to pretend we are. Because this stuff is coming out. It's coming out all the time. We're being spied on all the time. This entire segment is about how every aspect of what we do as humans that we like to try to keep hidden is not staying hidden anymore. So we have two options. We, we shut everything down or we fucking grow up as humans and go, all right, yeah, I did that. What's the big deal? Well, part B is not going to happen. You can't change human nature. No. No, but at least you should be with someone that <laughs> you don't want to spy on. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think there's something insanely wrong with your relationship if you're at the point where you have to do that. But uh, these people are screwed up anyway. So yeah, and you never. I mean, you just never want to go there. It's no, well, you just it, don't. You have to be able to keep some aspect of life that is private from everyone, and that's yeah. that. Email to me has always been sacrosanct. You do not look at somebody else's email 
ever. No, no matter it's what. Like, and it's something where I'm really, really, really happy to be in such a good relationship where literally um, my computer is unlocked. Usually my girlfriend knows the, the, the lock. She could look at everything she wants to. Yeah. Um, I could do the same. Have no desire to. Don't want to know. Yeah. None of my business. Don't, none of my business. I'm glad you guys are so happy. <laughs> Jason, if it'll make you feel any better, I'll look through your email. Oh, me too, oh, be Jason. Be my guest. Be my guest. Okay. So, and I promise not to laugh. Much. Bullshit. Actually, the doctor and I are going to have our own podcast just about your email. <laughs> be my guest. Okay. Now, forget your fucking email. Can you believe losers. he sent that? Um, so, nice selfie, Jason. <laughs> That explains the mental illness. I get it now. Yeah. That yeah. explains that jpd.me address. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Last, last time we have guests on the show ever. That's about it. All right. So we wrap, what else we got here in security? Yeah, we got oh, you. There was that one thing you um, – you did this link to – so you think you're smarter than a CIA agent? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, so this is an NPR uh, story that they did the other day where they take, uh, I think it was like 3,000 people and give them some uh, scenarios and let them basically figure out what they think is going to happen, you know, predicting the future. And there are some civilians that don't have access to classified data who right. who are actually more accurate than the people who do have access to the classified data. And 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 the, my favorite is the woman who basically says, well, "I just Google it," <laughs> and and she's more accurate than the CIA. So, uh, so what do we take from that? That she's well, just amazingly intuitive and can and you know can put the pieces together. She's got like this amazing apophenia where she can you know see the disparate links in unrelated uh, you know bits of information and pull it into a whole, or is she just lucky and knows how to Google professionally? The part that I thought was funny was in this whole NPR article, it never states this is actually a program funded by the intelligence community. <laughs> it's, it's funded by IARPA, like the intelligence DARPA, Advanced right. Research Programs Agency. So it's like, okay. Wait, wait, what? They're, they're, the, they're the ones that ran Lost, aren't they? <laughs> um, wait, no, no, no. Go back. Explain to me what you said about the funding. This is a program that's funded by IARPA. I did not notice that. Okay. It's not in that article. That's why it's, I'm, I'm laughing at ah, it. Ah, okay. Well, there we go. It's, it's what's called the aggr- aggr- aggregative, aggregative Contingent Estimation Program, ACE program. What a horrible acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's an intelligence program thing. Yeah, and it well, you know, well, it, it makes okay. Well, no, why why are they releasing the results that that the public is you know better at this than the professionals if it, it is an intelligence program? Um, because it's actually a smart thing to do. I mean, it's one thing from working. Analysts many times are told what the answer is supposed to be before they do the analysis. Oh, so they have yeah. like a bias before they they go into the process. Bias with a big capital B. Okay. Yeah, there's there's some serious and and really significant psychological aspects that come into play when you do have basically a foregone conclusion that you were supposed to be getting towards. Plus, like you find WMD in Iraq. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of biased anyways uh, to that degree. And then you also have the bias of having what you think is special information. And you, you tend uh, – humans tend to give extra weight to information that they consider to be more important whether or not it is more important. So there's, there's a good degree of that that occurs when, when you have these kind of analysts uh, as opposed to just somebody sitting at their kitchen table who Googles a lot. Yeah. And you know that the person sitting at the kitchen table that's just googling does not have the secret information that may be super very important, but could be wrong. And when you're that analyst, you go, "Well, I have this, and I have to take this into account." But it could be misinformation. It could be wrong. It could be outdated. So there's a degree of that that occurs. So it's it's this basic psychology. Yeah, I mean, it's something where as a, as a former expert in some of these things, I personally would not read these people's things. Just because I don't think they know some of the things I knew, so this is actually this is green with kind of what you just said, but it's um there are a lot of like ignorant whack jobs out there too. No, really? Yeah, two of them, two of them host this show actually. <laughs> no, you're oh. god. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah we are. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with a hey, uh, Windows I, I, XP D yeah, day. I just is want to say, yeah. Um, so we we have a few more days. Uh, this is going to come out this afternoon, which is uh, April fourth, two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. On April eighth, two thousand fourteen, Microsoft will stop supporting Windows XP, which ba, ba, means ba. yes, which means uh, thirty days after that is when it would. Because the way they release XP patches, you'd still be thirty <laughs> days after that. So eighth is the the cutoff. A yeah. month after is when it really cuts off, but because you won't get a new update. Um, Stu Sow- Showerman, sorry, Stu Showerman from uh, No Before Security mm-hmm. uh, did a nice uh, Ten Things You Must Do blog post. Yeah, on uh, XP. So I, we it'll be in the show notes, which will be grumpyoldgeeks.com slash fifty two. So check that out, and uh, if you're still running an XP box, well, shame on you. But I, well, I, 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 I totally agree. Well, oh, no, no, I totally agree because XP actually is the it best was very solid. version of Windows ever. It was ever. great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I do have to say if you have the ability and the interest and inclination and the know-how to do these 10 steps, you are not running XP anymore. Actually, no. I, I, <laughs> this I, I, is I not don't. true. No, not true. Not true at all. There, there's, there's still quite a lot of software out there, which is legacy software, which will probably only run on an XP box. Yes, Absolutely. Right. And it's going to be running on that box for a long time. I mean, there's still stuff out there running on, on Vaxes. There's stuff running on, out there on PDP-11s. There's, AS400s. Lots yep. of AS400s. Yep, yep. I just hit there's, my broken ankle on a chair. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I tried not to scream there. <laughs> so, yes, uh, go check out uh, and knowbefore.com. Those guys, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. They do uh, you know some security stuff with Kevin Mitnick and the guys, so we hope they don't hack us. So go yep. check them out. <laughs> and if you've got an XP box, definitely check it out. And maybe, you know, just reformat it and put Linux on it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's library. Woo. Uh, by the way, I I read Ghost in the Wires two weeks ago. And you know, it's it's something where I found it fascinating. But at the same time, I, I found it really hard to have any sympathy, 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 <laughs> sympathy at yes. all because it's just more like you. Why are you? Do you keep doing this to yourself and your family? And your family, you're right. It's just like it's it's something where it's just. I can understand it being an addiction, but it's something where it's just like it's 
it, it replaced hacking with, I don't know, heroin or beating the shit out of someone. It's just like, oh, man, it's just like, don't you see that this is going to not end well? <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh. and, and that was the the hardest part for me i thought in the first part of the book was really slow and pedantic but when he got into the part where he was like hacking against the the people in the the telephone company if you take apart the the damage he did to his family and the pain and suffering he caused his poor mother and his and grand, and, grandmother and, yeah, or, grandmother the grandmother yeah. was the really the one and if, if you check out uh the 2600 documentary on it you get to see her, and she was. She's a man. That woman is a rock. Yeah, um, I want to. I want to see the doc. That documentary. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I've got a copy of it. I bought it. Um, and it's it's amazing. We, we, and you and put, my ex girlfriend's yeah, in there. Put, put it on, drop on your Dropbox. Put it on Dropbox for me. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, and uh, I, well, actually, I'll call my friends in Sweden and have it put it on your Dropbox, <laughs> and then we'll just call twenty six hundred and have them, uh, uh, you know, put in the hash. Okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll watch Takedown 2 just for laughs. Oh, Jesus, you're an idiot. <laughs> you can't get that two hours of your life back. <laughs> I can't get this hour and 15 minutes back. <laughs> Got <you>. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, you guys take care. You All right, too, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. Uh, I finally finished Influx. It was very, very good. Um, Thank God that plucky professor type saved the world and got the girl. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever she was. Kind of a girl. Yeah. That, that goes back to the one book that you were talking about that I never read that you were just bitching about the love story. That's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it was good, though. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this I enjoyed this book because it was enough out of the realm of current you know, science possibility that it was fiction. Right. You know, Because the other stuff could have been with, with the proper technical talent, nonfiction. Right. You know, that's the thing I loved about Demon and Freedom TM, which were just amazing books. It, it, they were so close to plausible and they could still be plausible, especially when you get into the Internet of Things and, <laughs> and you know, self-replicating robots and, and self-driving motorcycles and shit like that. I just I can't wait for that. <laughs> so, yes, as you said, uh, Influx is nerd porn. Yeah, it was it was highly enjoyable. Um, I, I agree with you. I kind of wish he was sticking with the more realistic kind of semi plausible near future rather than just straight out total sci fi. But still, really liked it because that that was the problem I had with this third book was it was it was he was trying to be near future, but he was past future. Yeah. He was like talking about drones and and <laughs> swarms of drones, and that stuff has already it, it it's like okay, that's blase, you yeah. know. Yeah. He kind of went backwards on that. Agreed. So anyway, let's talk about Mr. Terry Pratchett. Uh, very happy to have a new book from him. Very happy indeed. I haven't quite finished it yet, but it is it is straight up <laughs> traditional Discworld. It, yeah, it's, I'm, been, I'm, it's been three weeks since we said we were going to finish this book. I finally finished it, by the way, but <laughs> you still are, are chugging along. I'm still chugging along. I did have, you know, I was down an iPad for a little while, and uh, I've just been uh, passing out way too early because I've been dealing with house shit. But it's a good read. Um, if you like Discworld, you're going to like this. It's um, it's had a few bits that were a bit tough to get through. It's uh, it's not. I wouldn't call it the best Discworld book I've ever read, but uh, it's nice to have the world, and it's funny to read a lot about trains. <laughs> Here's the thing about it. It's it is I, I think like in the past like three or four books, he's gotten to be very formulaic. Yeah. Like extremely formulaic. 
you know, when we're talking about the banks, we're talking about the newspapers now, we're talking about the railroads. He's he's gotten to the point where he is like, you know, just taking new technology, putting in this for, putting it in this like formula mill and almost just spitting out a book. You know, because if you look at them, the pacing is the same, the timing is the same, the struggles are the same for the the characters, and it's it's that main character. It's uh Moist von Lipwig. Yes, yes. Uh, Moist. <laughs> which is one of the best names ever. <laughs> yes, Moist. Moist is one of the best characters, which is why you got to watch the damn TV series because yeah, yeah. They, go, he, they did Going Postal and Moist is fucking perfect in, in <laughs> Going Postal. Um, but the thing is, this this book is uh, – I, I can't – I actually don't want to spoil the ending because I, I – just saying a few words would spoil the ending, but it's really good. Um, yeah, I – I can't, I can't, I can't talk about the ending. Goddamn it! I all right, I could. all right. Let's. let's. So, uh, anyway, go go check it out. It, if you like this world, it's a great book. My favorite is still Pyramids. Uh, when Rincewind is is first introduced, <laughs> and he goes and oh man, Pyramids is my favorite Discworld novel. But this is this is good. It's a, it's a good good book. Check it out. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. So after all the kerfuffle with Dropbox this week, I tried out the new beta of BitTorrent Sync, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it basically creates a swarm for all your files for all your devices. I use it on both my uh, Macs and I use it on both my iOS devices. And so far, for being free and being in beta, amazing. Really? Per- perfect. <laughs> perfect syncing. The only thing that it doesn't do that Dropbox will do, uh, Dropbox will do a LAN sync. So it will detect if one of the other computers is on your LAN and not go to the internet to come back. Right. You know, it won't lob the ball outside of the house. It will go straight through the router to the other machine. Right. That's the one really good thing about uh, that. But if you're on the same network and you're in the house, well, then just sync the directories before you turn on BitTorrent Sync and you're done. Um, <laughs> uh, so far, it has been amazing and it's actually given me a ton of ideas for uh, some web apps that I've always wanted to do with decentralization and uh, the Facebook effect and all that good stuff. Because I think there's – using this kind of technology to uh, distribute updates for websites across a, a mesh right. is probably going to – I, I, I give it like two years. I think there's going to be something about how BitTorrent is used. Like, you know, RSS right now, you have to keep pinging the servers to find out if there's an update and all that stuff. Yeah. So you've got a, you got 100,000 people checking one RSS file. Yeah. And, and, okay, what if you made a mesh and everybody's checking if the RSS file is updated in the mesh? You know, there's, there's a ton of stuff that can be done with this that, that got me really excited by this technology. And so far, it is fantastic. It syncs perfectly every time. And uh, check it out. It'll be in the show notes. Cool. I tried an app and it sucked. <laughs> so I'm glad that you had some luck. Um, there's this app called RoomScan. Um, I've got to say that this company has excellent PR because their, their articles were everywhere about it. It even had, you know, your standard uh, – type of type of Facebook headlines that I can't stand, such as, you know, you have to see this amazing new app and how it completely changes your life. And that sort of shit. There was a lot of that going around. So this is the, the app was getting a lot of buzz, and I just moved into a, a new house. And I was like, well, I could really use a cool app that just easily draws out a floor plan for me just by putting my iPhone up against the walls. It doesn't fucking work. 
It's a, no. it, it is a pile of crap. The user interface is disgusting. The design is horrible. It, uh, the only thing it's got going for it is it's free. Um, it's not ready for prime time, and this is a perfect example of a bunch of smart kids sitting around in a room figuring out how to do something, but then not having the experience to realize that user interface matters, design matters, and hmm, well, maybe we should, should maybe work. maybe we should fucking test the thing a couple times before we release it into the wild. No, nope, yeah. they just did. And it, it's kind of funny because you start reading some of the reviews after I tried it myself just blindly to see what happened, and I just ended up with this horrible squiggle that didn't even resemble a room. Um, then you start reading some of the reviews on it, and people are talking about how – there's some instructions on how to use it, and you actually have to do the exact opposite of the instructions. They say, you know, go really slowly, and it actually works better if you move quickly throughout the room, and it's just not ready for prime time. It does not change your life. There's nothing absolutely amazing about this. So this is not disruptive. No, no. I mean, it, the concept is, it would, this would be absolutely fantastic if it actually worked, but it does not, so do not bother. Okay, so you can you can get a get a room... Uh, faster with a tape measure and a piece of paper and a pencil. Much faster. Okay. And much more accurate. <laughs> so I picked up Reader 2, R-E-E-D-E-R, which is a newsreader. Okay. Uh, Reader uh, died a long time ago when Google Reader died. Yeah. Because everybody used Google Reader for sync. Well, Reader I used to own on the on the Mac and on the iOS, and it just kind of vanished because it's one guy. And he just kind of went off and said, ah, I can't do this. And no. he's, he's Italian, I think. He's like, I can't hey. do this no more. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Manja, manja, manja. I'm must, Italian too, so I can say that. He so must far. turn off his nest all the time. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Reader 2 is out. It's five bucks and it's a uh, universal app. I only wanted to be able to read news on my iPad mm-hmm. because that's what I do in the morning because I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about my workflow later in the, in the segment. But um, Exciting. It's great. It's great. It works. It's perfect. It actually syncs with a bunch of different accounts. I synced it with my Feedly account okay. and that's all I need. All I need is Feedly for some place to put my, my you know, OPML. And it works. A bottle of wine Um, and thou. That's all I need. So next up, Fantastical 2, which Mm -hmm. uh, was the app that I talked about that I use for my iPhone. Yeah. I have been using that every day. The voice recognition and the uh, just basically everything. I'm sorry. This is exactly what I said about Fantastical when I first reviewed it. Mm -hmm. It fucking works. Okay. Out of the gate. Perfectly. That that is all I ask. For. I mean, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I cannot. I can. There's nothing wrong with that app except for the fact that I can't make the calendar part black because at night when I look at my calendar, it's white. It's got a dark theme and it only does the bottom part of the screen, which is I'm like, what's the fucking point, <laughs> idiot? Um, but anyway, they came out with Fantastic L2 for the iPad. Mm-hmm. It's ten bucks, and what they're saying is that that's a thirty percent discount right now. So if you want to get it. Get it now because right. it's going to be a $30 app and I don't know if it's worth 30 bucks for the iPad. Right. If it was the only version, I'd pay 30 bucks for it. But, you know, I, I, 10 bucks was even a stretch. Right. Here's the deal though. Works exactly the same, syncs with the same stuff because it syncs with your uh, regular calendar and your reminders from iOS – or I mean from uh, OS X. Uh, so you got to be a Mac guy to use this. Either way, fantastic. I love it. That's why it's called Fantastical. Cool. 
Well, that's it. I got you. I mean, again, like I said when you reviewed Take One, I'm perfectly happy with the built-in calendar app and syncing to Google Calendar. Trust me. Just use this thing. It's amazing because I just – I press the voice button and I'm like – uh, podcast with Brian at 2 a.m. tomorrow or 2 p.m. tomorrow. I and was like, it just, 2 a.m. Did, yeah. did it well, respond with "fuck you"? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it 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 literally parses all of the words and puts it in the perfect thing. And you said "add." It's great. All um, right, I'll try. It. So anyway, next up, Reporter. Reporter is one of those uh, quantified self apps. <sighs> I. Hey, fuck you. You were the guy Mr. Moves for years here since we've been doing this. So Reporter is kind of an ambient tracker where you – well, not not actually ambient. It, uh, it will ping you as many times as you want a day and it will give – you know ask certain questions. You can modify the questions yourself. It will gather ambient data is what I meant. Like it will it'll actually ping the microphone and see like what the noise level is, how many photos you've taken since the last update – where you're at, who you're with, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not sold on it. It's four bucks, right? But it's all private. It just syncs to your Dropbox or locally, and you can pull it out of iTunes. But Buster Benson, uh, the guy who wrote 750 words that I use every day, mm-hmm. um, has a great article, and unfortunately, it's on Medium. <laughs> uh, but I'll post it in the show notes on why he's using a Reporter. But the mo- the more important thing about that article is why he's doing uh, self-tracking. This is the most important part about this article because he's like, self-tracking is tedious, it's stupid, it is, there's, there's no reward for it. I'm looking to find ways to make my life better. Right. And he, 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 he goes through a series of steps that he uses to say, like, look, this is what I want to track. This is, these are the only parts that are important to me. And, and if I can follow these points... And these points might change, but like, you know, this is an experiment, but this is what's going to make me happier. So if I can follow this and find out what makes me miserable and what makes me happy, then then it's a win. And that's the smart way to do the quantified self shit, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it really is. Well, I mean, that's always been the thing for me is, is why am I collecting all this data? Like for me, it's, it's made sense to do my steps because I, I care about my fitness and I want to make sure I get off my ass a certain amount every single day. Yeah, steps, um, are, steps are key because you know what? If you don't track your steps, when I lost my Fitbit for two months, I didn't walk. Yeah. So that right there, you know, you go to the Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets managed type of shit. Uh, when it comes to steps, steps are a key like daily uh, marker that you need to hit a certain number if you're going to be healthy. Period. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not subjective. Yeah. It, it. It is completely objective. You're like you have to hit this number every day. So, yeah. this is that, that's why I like this. It's like he's taking the objective side and saying, or the subjective side and saying, what what really is going to make me happy. Right. Yeah, that's a good use of it. So I, I can see that point. And I read through the article, and it was interesting, and it did kind of make me think that maybe I should start doing more of this tracking stuff that I've kind of not done. Because it, it's, it makes you aware of the patterns that you fall into unconsciously throughout mm-hmm. throughout your, your life. You're like, uh, oh, boy, gee, I, can't, I, went, <laughs> I opened up a bottle of wine at 3 a.m. again. What the hell's wrong with me? That sort of thing. I mean, it's really funny. That just the everyday stuff that, that you do – it allows you to sit back and analyze it with a bit of, of, of separation and distance from it and go, huh, okay, well, I would like to change this about me. And now that I'm aware of what I'm doing, you can change it. Yeah. And that's why I like this app, actually, because 
you can you can tune it for yourself because one of the que- the first question I added mm-hmm. to uh, to my you know because like I said you can set how many times it just reminds you randomly throughout the day. Yeah, I've got mine set for eight, and the first question it asks me is, "Are you procrastinating?" <laughs> Funny. I have found that eighty uh, percent of the time I press yes. So, <laughs> and and once I press yes, then I stop procrastinating. Right, and I get get back to work. So. So far, I'm I'm digging this app, and it's beautiful. It's well designed. It's I mean, for four bucks, it's good. I mean, I, I have definitely I, between Reader, Fantastical, and Reporter, I hit my twenty dollar mark this week. So, <laughs> um, I'll let you know next week if I say yes or no to Reporter. I wouldn't buy it yet. Just give me a week. Here, candy, 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 candy. Far stuff. The Internet of Things podcast. Uh, new uh, show I came across because I. Told you I'd pick something up for this week. It's amazing. I love it. It's a podcast about the Internet of Things that's very well researched and is accessible for beginning techies. The hosts are well spoken and know what they're talking about. All in all, it's very enjoyable. And the latest episode is about personal trackers, which we just talked about, which you know I love. Uh, they gave almost zero time to Nike's fuel band, which for me shows that they have great taste. <laughs> nice. I'll have to check that one out. And uh sounds like very complimentary to the sort of stuff that we talk about. Uh, I, absolutely, absolutely. If you are a fan of podcasts, you are probably familiar with What the Fuck by Mark Marone. Um, Marin. Marin, whatever. Oh, Marone, Marone. Marone. <laughs> you got me on the Italian thing earlier, and I just can't stop it. Um, Louis Black was his most recent guest. I am a huge fan of Louis Black. He is one of my favorite comedians of all time. He's angry. He's political, and he hates stupid people, and uh, it's a good combo, a great conversation that those two guys had. I cannot recommend listening to that one enough. Uh, Very funny, and Louis Black is just a god. I love love Louis Black, and that's the thing about Mark Maron is I – I don't listen to his show very often. I keep it in my thing, and I look at the list. Mm-hmm. And when he gets a good guest on, I'll, I'll listen to it. That's exactly um, what I do with him as well. I'm, I yeah. only listen to the occasional episodes. And when I saw that uh, there's just some people he gets on with so well. Well, not necessarily get on with. I mean, they aren't like buddies. But he just they brought the best out of each other in this podcast. It was very good. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to throw one in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Cooper, the artist known as Coop. Right. Um, uh, there's a uh, What the Fuck uh, episode with Chris that is amazing. I mean, if you've seen Coop's work, you know, he does like the Devil Girls and the Hot Rods and all that stuff. Yeah. It was one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. It's probably in the 300s at this point, but go back and check it out. It, I'll, I'll dig it up for the show notes. It was amazing because I didn't, I mean, I, I've known uh, Coop for probably three or four years just through friends and had no idea he was that cool. Right. You know, <laughs> so I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. There's another article that's been doing these social rounds, and this is just going to become a recurring thing on on this podcast. I cannot stand the way everything is promoted on social networks anymore because the taglines are things like, Dave Grohl tells aspiring musicians, musicians what to do, and he doesn't hold back! Exclamation this, point, this exclamation made me point. Wanted to, this made me wanted to punch the, the writer in the throat. Yeah, I can't fucking stand because, the way that people because I, re- I, I watched the video. Mm-hmm. You sent me the video. I watched it. Yeah. And the fact that and the quote unquote and he doesn't hold back means he says the word fuck a few times. Yeah. That's it. And he's a musician, so they're supposed to. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan. I do not like the Foo Fighters, um, but Dave Grohl is basically the nicest man in rock, as the saying goes. Uh, he's been anointed the, the god of rock and roll these days because there's nobody else out there. Um, and he basically just got he, – he was put on the show and they asked him, well, what do you think that aspiring musicians should do? And much like everybody else in the music industry, he doesn't have a fucking idea. None of us have an idea anymore. <laughs> So but here's the thing. He's okay. Granted, he says I have no idea. He's like, go play out. Yeah, go play. It, 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 yeah, go play. And he says, go play your fucking instruments really fucking well. Yeah, and that's it. That's you, great. You want to be a musician? Be a musician. Go play, and, and everything else will either work out or it won't. End of story. So that was it. So there was no real camera off-camera advice to aspiring musicians, and he certainly wasn't not holding back or holding back, or there, there was just no reason for the viral plugging on this. But Dave Grohl's a great guy. It was a decent enough interview. Uh, okay, Will Wheaton. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Hang yes. on. I got, I got one last thing to say about Dave Grohl here. Okay. Um, Tenacious D. Yes. The Pick of Destiny. Yes. Dave Grohl played Satan. Yes. And he was fantastic. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Let's talk about let's talk about Wesley Crusher. Yes, Wesley Crusher has a new TV show, and hopefully, he won't be wearing any of those stupid sweaters. <laughs> I like Will Wheaton. Look, look, I like Will Wheaton. How, Will Wheaton is 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 basically our generation. Uh, the internet. Uh, I mean, he's Mister Internet. Don't for, suck for his dick too hard because I don't like him that much. But I like. Oh, guy. I'm not. I'm the one that actually puts something negative in, in this little uh, show bit. So uh, I am a fan of the guy. He does great jobs. Uh, you know, he goes around and he does the the convention circuits and he makes young girls feel very good about themselves about being geeky. He is a champion for all things geek. He does a great recurring character on The Big Bang Theory. Um, and he was in Star Trek, and he doesn't get much cooler than that. So he's going to have. Well, his... actually, he played a villain on the Guild too, which was a uh, his best role as far as I'm concerned. Never saw that. So oh well, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too. Uh, he's got a book out that I haven't read yet that uh, was tossed. It's, he's got three, at least three books. I've he's read got at least three two books. Of them. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's going to have it basically a TV <laughs> show called The Will Wheaton Project on Sci-Fi. Uh, the one downside is I had to read through a 10,000 page blog entry of his about the TV show to find out what the TV show was. So, well, here's the, here's, here's where you, where you're bitching about having to read through the 10,000 pages of his blog entry. Yeah. I rather enjoyed his blog entry because it talked about the process of how to build a show that's going to be successful to pitch to a, a network. Oh, I didn't all, say it all, was and a all bad. The work that, no, no. And all the work that went into it. Unlike you know you and I who sit around every day and put shit on a napkin and crap it out and talk to the peoples, yeah. um, I loved I loved like hearing how much work went into the show. Uh, what the show is, we we're still not going to know till May sixth, I believe. What was it, May sixth? Yeah, yeah, something uh, like that. So, no, the premiere is May twenty seventh. Oh, and, okay. And I don't disagree with you. I like his writing. I, I usually have gone and read some of his various blog entries, and they're always very good. But when I'm trying to get together the synopsis for our announcement of his show on this podcast, scrolling through the 10,000 pages to find the one paragraph that says, Sci-Fi is greenlit, the 12-episode summer series, The Will Wheaton Project, working title, a weekly topical comedy show hosted by actor and champion of geek culture, Will Wheaton. That's all I wanted I to find. <laughs> I would like to I would like to point out that you opened this show this week yes. that's saying that people who don't read things on the internet are fucking useless. So I would like you to just look in a mirror right now while Jason, you're telling me Jason, that you did not you are, read you are not getting the fucking point. I'm saying all I was if it's a post that is an announcement of your TV show, have a fucking synopsis up top. I, I'm definitely interested in the ten thousand page thoughts on the show. I just wanted to know what the fucking show was right away. 
<laughs> it's called suspense. If you read a mystery novel, you're not going to find out who died at the beginning just so you can not read the novel. First new Monty Python material surfaced. <laughs> and I'm very happy and excited about that. And I'm trying to prove – this is my happy voice. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, moving on from Will Wheaton. I'm really happy about a show. Can't wait to watch it. Blah, 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 blah. Monty Python has a new song. Well. It's good. It's very funny. It's in the show notes. Um, the, no new actual video was shot for this. It's mostly a compilation of previous Monty Python bits, but the song is completely new, and Eric Idle hits another one out of the park. Absolutely. I loved it. Uh, we could have written it. Um, I know. It, it, could, it should basically become our new theme song. Actually, it should, but we'd get sued because those guys have lawyers like you would not believe. Yes. Um, and I posted a quick note about uh, every Game of Thrones murder in under three minutes. Um, you can watch this. I actually watched about seven seconds of it and I was going to start to get depressed so I couldn't watch it anymore. Uh, but if you want to see every murder that has happened in Game of Thrones so far, they can do it in under three minutes. But the fact that they can do it in under three minutes means that it's almost three minutes of murder. Uh, it might kind of make you upset. It is a little um, brutal. But uh, I'm very excited it's back and I can't wait for Sunday. Now, HBO's Silicon Valley is coming out uh, this week and Elon Musk is very upset about it. <laughs> Because they made fun of him, Aww. and he didn't get it. Aww. So uh, Mike Judge, who I love and adore, he did Office Space, which is quite possibly the best uh, movie of all time besides Idiocracy, which the first like 10 minutes of that movie just, <laughs> just shows how we're going as a species. He was, he was on point. Uh, I, I have no idea if this is going to be any good, but uh, it, it, I mean it's coming with mixed reviews from the people up there. Yeah. The the techies that half of them are like, oh, we're deeper than that, and the other half are go, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. So this <laughs> I, week, check I it out on HBO. Yeah, I think it's going to be must watch for me, um, just because it's so much of the stuff that we're talking about. And Elon Musk, get over it, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus, you're, you're smarter than everybody, and you have all the What's money. What's with all these the baby billionaires you. now? All these fucking whiny ass bitches. You've got I'll all you the what, fucking money in the world. You've got all the luck in the world. Shut the fuck up. At least Bill Gates has grit. Yeah, know? he's got grit, man. That's that's Bill Gates should be the icon for all these people, really. It, 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 that's the irony. The weeniest, wimpiest guy <laughs> who is like, you know, the guy you'd think would just get like flicked and just turn into dust. Yeah. Turns out to be the strongest motherfucker in tech. Yep. Yo, seriously? Are you shitting me? France was still executing people with a guillotine when the first Star Wars film came out. That is no bullshit. The that's, last... <laughs> that, that's, I'm sorry. That's scary. Isn't it? I mean, the last guillotine in France took place in September of 1977. Star Wars released in May 1977. <laughs> I was sit- so I was sitting in, my, in the back of my dad's Cadillac Eldorado in Des Plaines, Illinois, mm-hmm. in a drive-in, watching Star Wars. And in like a couple weeks or a couple months later, some dude got his head cut off in France legally. That's yep. creepy. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I got some follow-up from last week because you bitched at me for not being prepared because oh, I just yeah. gave the fact. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the term Humpty Dumpty referred to a drink of brandy boiled with ale in the 17th century, and it also became slang for a drunk person of either sex, hence the teeter-totter falling down bits. And then oh, I finally, okay. That makes sense. Yes, and then I finally Googled it to find out actually the origin of the egg showing up because, as we mentioned, it, it never mentioned the word egg in the Humpty Dumpty tale. It was originally a riddle, and the answer was an egg, hence all the depictions being eggs. Oh. So, so now it's just become it's become not a riddle, just a tale over time, and illustrations always use an egg. And the first specific depiction as an egg that I could find was in Alice in Wonderland. 
Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks for doing the research on that. No problem. Closing shout out. I have not gotten couches yet, and I finally got so fed up with that, I went on Amazon and ordered a beanbag, because with Amazon Prime, I'll get delivery in one day, and the World Cup is coming, so I got a big soccer ball beanbag that I can sit in and watch all my World Cup games, and I'm very excited about it. We bitched a little bit, well, I bitched a lot bit, about uh, NBC and their horrible coverage of the Olympics, a major world sporting event. Here's how you broadcast a major world sporting event. ESPN will present all 64 matches of the 2014 FIFA World Cup live and in high definition on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC. All of them live. That's how you do it, idiots. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, I mean, just judging NBC on their their Olympics coverage for the past, like, 15 years, <laughs> is, is I mean, that's just fish in a barrel. It really is. They are so terrible. Stupid Americans talking about international sports, trying to talk to stupid Americans <laughs> about, you know, luge. And, and, okay, here we go. My favorite, amplitude. Yes. Amplitude. Yes. Height. Yes. Just say fucking height. Just say height. I yeah. agree. Well, you don't get, I mean, me, I mean, don't get, no, no. get me started on the American commentators that, I'll, that ESPN will have on for the World Cup games. I'm just not even going to be able to deal with that. But Here's the deal. Yeah, the games will be on. You turn the game on TV. And you watch the game, you turn the sound down, and then you turn the Spanish channel on on your radio. Exactly. You, you, ta- you, you taught me this trick when we watched uh, World Cup, was it, Jesus Christ, like 15 years ago now? <laughs> it would be 16, I'd imagine. 16 or 12, yeah. one of those. Yeah, it's a, it's a multiple of four. Yes. Um, when I lived uh, – <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God, it's been so long. <laughs> yeah, I believe that anyway, was that was the yes. one that was in Japan. So we were up at like 3 in the morning watching the games or something yep, like that. Yeah. Yep, we were we were up at – and we had uh, – I, I had a Connectix quick cam. So we were we were in 16, <laughs> 16-bit black and white. <laughs> a 16-bit, 16, 16 shade of uh, – 16 shades 16 of gray. 16 shades of gray, as it were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay, I'm going to let you go this week because uh, we had a little long run with our uh, uh, contributor, Dr. David Teeter. Yes. Who, uh, thank you for joining us, by the way. Yes, and, thank you, David. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on again at some point. And next week we are going to have on uh, my friend Jay Goldman of Click Health, and he's going to talk to us about his new book, The Decoded Company, which is uh, Know Your Talent Better Than You Know Your Customers. It's it's interesting. It's uh, a way that they take data about all the employees and make life better for the people who make their company. I, I'm assuming I'm only halfway through, but I'm guessing that's the way <laughs> it's going because it's a New York Times bestseller and uh, Jay's going to come uh, and talk to us about it. So. Yeah, and it's sitting right in front of me right now, so I best get reading. Get you better. <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. On Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks or email them at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.